I have had real, actual men bring this up to me on real, actual dates more than once that they are just like so blown away by the popularity of what's been dubbed as ugly cute guys like pete davidson or adam driver and even timothy chalamet is that how you say his name they're just like i don't know so bothered by people being interested in these men i have an article (laughs) pulled up here they literally describe pete davidson as looking like an anorexic panda (laughs) what what does that first of all what does that even mean and then this other article real published article describes him as somebody who embraces his outer burrow roots trash psyche and sickly body They're describing these men like they crawled out of the gutter. I can't stop hearing people be like, I don't even know why a woman would like them. They're just like, they're not even good looking. They're literally these ugly ass dudes. And like, they just, I don't know, like, they're so weird. And like, I don't know if you want a weird guy, that's fine. But like, I don't know why you would. This is supposed to be a win for men, right? Like, these guys are doing it for all of you because while they do fit a lot of conventional attractiveness standards they're not like you know six foot five and like an athlete who like throws 400 pounds around every morning to get his like 20 abs you guys should be rooting for a win for the dudes these are guys who are like relatively attractive funny friendly and are getting women. Ah, oh, it turns out the standards are actually, like, being a nice person. <laughs> That's, like, pretty much the top thing. I think you all think these guys, like Pete Davidson and this type of guy, would have been the, you know, wimpy, nerdy, scrawny kid who is, like, getting shoved in a locker, and you'd be the tough guy looking on and cheering. And it's, like, newsflash, motherfucker. Like, you wouldn't have been shoving him in a locker. These are the types of guys that, like, maybe grew into their attractiveness or found their style later on, whatever. But, like, if you were to go back to high school, these are the types of kids who were just friends with everyone. Didn't have maybe a specific, like, clique or group that they were with all the time. But they were just, like, friendly and always there, like, cracking jokes in class. All the teachers would yell at them, but not be actually mad at them because... They're entertaining. They would generally make the situation more fun for everyone. And like the type of person that could just kind of float between all the groups and hang out with whoever. And people were always like, oh, that's just, that's just old Pete (laughs) doing his thing. You're looking at these guys and you're like, they're so hideous. And I'm like, they (laughs) look like an average guy. Like, have you looked at yourself? Like, you are not the one shoving this guy in a locker. You are not the one who is about to be like on the cover of GQ. So you can stop with your fucking judgment because this is supposed to be a good sign for you and for other men that you can be like a normal kid and you could still bag Kim Kardashian. Kim could date anybody she wanted on the face of the planet of any gender, probably. Except for my dad, who's not a Kim Kardashian fan and he would probably politely decline. So sorry, Kim, if my dad was next, you're going to have to take him off the list. (laughs) She has dated all these good-looking people, um, people like Kanye, who are, like, super, super wealthy and made such an impact in their industry. And after all of that, she was like, yeah, I'd like to be with someone who makes me laugh and makes me smile. I really respect that for her because at the end of the day, like, is that not what we all want? To just go home and know that the person you're with can put a smile on your face? So, yeah, um, next time you are on a real actual date with a real actual woman, 
consider that if you are rooting against men finding happiness in a relationship and being their authentic self without like adhering to some external standards, maybe your taste needs to change. So if you're not getting laid, it actually might not be because of your looks or your height. It might actually just be your personality. This is Camelia. Please pick up the phone. A while ago, I was visiting a friend and she had the idea that we should go hang out at her friend's house and like her friend has a pool and a hot tub. So I was like, that obviously sounds great. Sign me up. We'll go hang out. But her friend was actually like going to be late to whatever time we had planned and was just like, go ahead. I'll let them know you're coming. Like, just like go ahead without me. So we were like, okay, if you're sure, like we'll just, you know, show up to your place. So my friend and I show up and so we're like heaving and like pulling all of the like tarps off of this hot tub and like mashing every button to try and get it going. Let me tell you, the only way I can think of to describe the vibe of this hot tub, it was like a very pimp hot tub, if you can picture that. It was like a huge hot tub. It was not made for like a group of six. It was made for a group of like 15 There were lights on the inside, but they would, like, flash rainbow colors. So it felt like we were in a music video shoot the whole time. So we're, like, laughing at this, like, all of these things that we now can't turn off. Like, we got got jets shooting. We got these lights strobing. And um, we're just, like, hanging out there in the hot tub having a nice time. And then the person whose house we were at, um, their parents came out to say hey to us. And then they just stayed to talk for so long, telling us about their lives. And like, maybe that makes sense for my friend, but like, I've never met them. And I'm just like, oh my God, like (laughs) your daughter's going to the soccer championship for 10 year olds, like go dragons. My friend mentions that I'm about to graduate. And this is where the conversation (laughs) really took a turn. Before this, we had really mostly been talking to the mom. So the dad all of a sudden turns around and he's like, oh, you're graduating. Good for you. What are you getting a degree in? And I was like, oh, thank you. I'm, you know, getting a degree in computer science. And he was like, computer science. That's um, very smart of you. It's a very good industry. It's a great place to be. Um, So do you have a job? And I was like, oh, yes, sir. Um, You know, I'm very fortunate. I I do have a job and I'll be moving up to DC for it soon. He's like, very good. You've got you've got a job right out of school, and uh, you've you've got a place to live, and uh, you know that's that's a really big deal, and uh, that's that's how everyone should be. Everyone should be following this model. I mean, really, that's what all citizens should be. Instead of moving to our country and not paying any taxes, and I was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> what? Have you guys ever had that? Like, you, you think you know where something's going, and then someone throws like a like a political curveball in, and you're like, oh my goodness. He's going on and on about how I am, like, upholding society's standards in a way that no one knows how to do anymore and no one is working hard for their success, yada yada. And I'm like, oh shit, I've become this man's anti-liberal role model. And I was like, how do I take back what I said? I don't want to be that. I don't know how to tell you, like, I don't want to be this example of, like, pulling myself up by my own bootstraps because I don't think I am that.
And the whole time this conversation is going on, I'm talking to this person's dad that I've never met in a bikini in this hot tub that's flashing colored lights all over us. Not all my experiences telling people about what I'm doing with my life post-grad go that badly, but I will say that I've noticed the more of these kind of generic, so what are you doing, conversations I've had, that adults are really weird about giving advice post-grad. They'll talk you up for so long and be like, that's wonderful that you're going to be getting your degree. How are you feeling about working? Like, you know, you're not going to have school anymore. You're going to have to support yourself. If you say anything positive at all, like if you're like, oh, I'm excited or it'll be a challenge, but I'm still looking forward to it. Then all of a sudden, this like gargoyle inside of them comes out. It just like unfurls its wings. And all of a sudden, your like Aunt Patricia is like, oh, you think it's gonna be fun? You're looking forward to it? Newsflash, bucko. You have to pay your own bills as an adult. Things don't just come easy anymore. And it's like, oh my god, Aunt Patty, like, I know. <laughs> if you thought I was so stupid, then I don't know how on earth I managed to make it through all of these years of school. But I've seriously heard it over and over again. It's this money thing. Like, somehow we, as children and then teenagers and then young adults, didn't notice that every single adult around us fucking sustained themselves with their own money. I know that. Also, a lot of people pay their own rent, bills, food, car, gas through college. And some people start doing that in high school as well. And it's like, even if you didn't at those ages in high school or college, like you obviously saw that people were and you understand how money works. And with job advice too, they're like, you know, you have to work really hard at your job and make sure that people don't think you're slacking off. And I'm like, oh great, I thought I was going to enter my first full-time job ever and just like, I don't know, not do anything. Like, why would that be what you would think? I have had relatives remind me that I should not be wearing shorts to the office or showing my stomach or cleavage. I know that. I couldn't show stomach or cleavage in high school. People have been talking to us about, quote unquote, the real world forever and ever and ever and how much we have to prepare for it. But like the real world is the whole time we were growing up too. And we understand what a dress code is and we understand what bills are and we understand that you have to work hard (laughs) for things that you want. I, I just think that we should be given more credit for the stuff that we had to do to get this job. Like you all think I'm qualified enough to get into college, get my degree graduate, get a job, but you don't think I'm intelligent enough to understand how money works or how deadlines work or how offices work. And you know we are doing a lot of research for this because that's what our generation does. We Google shit. That's like truly our generation's one talent. Other generations like survived a war or pushed for political change or fucked up the environment for the rest of eternity. But us, we are good at Google. Here's the thing though, what generation are we? For people who are like age 20 to 25, we're in this weird limbo. I don't know if we technically count as millennials, but I really don't think we have the same experiences as the rest of Gen Z. You didn't grow up without technology, but you grew up as technology was really emerging and becoming a part of everyday life. 
it wasn't like you had all of these things at your fingertips like you do now how you like wake up get on your phone roll out of bed get on your computer when we were growing up i remember we had one like giant cube ass desktop computer and i would have to like ask super politely if i could have like 20 minutes to use the computer which 20 minutes didn't do you anything because it would take 10 minutes to turn on and then by the time we got to high school like obviously technology was really prevalent and everything had completely changed and everybody had a smartphone and everybody could like text really easily and facetime and like all of this stuff was coming out and social media was also everywhere but we didn't have that all our lives and i think that that difference like having just like you know the elementary school and like middle school years without technology being everywhere makes such a difference because i have some neighbors there are a lot of kids in the neighborhood that i grew up in and some of my neighbors are just like a few years younger than me and these motherfuckers used to make fun of me when i was in high school because they had better cooler smartphones than me and they were like oh you flamo with your android and i was like what world are we in that's a generational shift that would i feel like completely change your experience growing up in elementary school you know there was no technology really the projectors were in school we did have all of that technology by the time everyone was in high school jokes that you could only get if you were on tumblr if you were on twitter like whatever that's like a gen z thing the internet having its own culture and like subsections of the internet also i do not want to be a part of the generation that has like 12 year olds who eat tide pods Mm, let me just put that out there if i can choose i'd rather be a millennial because that's not the branding that i want associated with me friends strangers beloved listeners it's that time of year pick up the phone is proud to be partnering with astrology once again for their special taurus season drop this limited edition collection is perfect for the late april through late may babies in your life full disclosure i haven't always been the biggest fan of astrology but since partnering with the brand they have completely changed my mind and won me over Now, I can confidently say that Taurus season is the best of the bunch, and you know that's true, because I am one. The Taurus season collection represents down-to-earth, chill vibes, and effortless luxury, so get ready to spend the whole month being a rich stoner. To save 17% off the entire Taurus season collection, enter code CAM at checkout. And thank you once again to our partners at Astrology. We'll see you next month to do this whole thing again. One thing about living in a city, especially a city that is where most people don't drive and instead walk or take public transit, is that all of these weird moments happen that wouldn't happen anywhere outside of this environment. People get to see each other at their best, at their worst, at their most vulnerable, at their most uncomfortable, and all of these moments kind of run into each other and people end up interacting that otherwise never would. Let me explain what I'm talking about. Early on after I moved here, I went to go get a COVID test and DC has a system where you can go to different locations, pick up 
a test, take it at home, drop it off, and then they will give you results by email. So I went to go pick it up and I was like, you know, instead of going home, taking it and bringing it back, can I just take it right here? And I, I picked it up outside of a library. So I asked if I could just take it right there. And the woman who was handing out the test was like, uh, sure, that's fine, but you have to go around the corner. You can't do it right here. I don't know why. I guess she didn't want me to be bad advertising, sticking this thing in, like up my nose while she was trying to hand out kits to other people. Maybe that's not what they want to see. Although I think it would have been a great demo, but you know. So I go around the corner and I'm now, um, I'm like standing on the sidewalk next to a bike rack, next to the library still, holding my purse, you know, my phone. I'm trying to like hold the little vial of liquid. I'm trying to hold this swab. And then you have to hold the like stick itself steady. And I'm like, okay, I don't have enough hands for this. I'm like, ah, fuck it. Like, there's no other option. I have to sit down. So I sit my ass down on the sidewalk. And by the way, I was on my way to have like a happy hour with some coworkers who I was meeting for the first time. So I was dressed up pretty cute. So I'm now like sitting full like crisscross applesauce. (laughs) on the sidewalk in my nice skirt and just like sticking this thing up my nose. I'm also like across the street from a metro stop so people are coming in and out of the station. Everybody's just watching me like sitting on the side of the road and doing my COVID test. That is the first time I had this thought. I was like, you know, this would never happen. This exact specific moment would only happen in a city like DC. Which that's sort of a specific thing, right? Like how many times am I going to get a COVID test and taken on the side of the road. Only the once. But what does happen all the time is running late in the morning. At least for me, I'd be always holding like a banana and a granola bar in one hand and like a fistful of jewelry in the other hand, like running out the door. I'd be trying to shove my earrings in my ears at all of the red lights. I'm sure we've all seen that. You know, you look up, you see someone eating breakfast in their car. Even when you have the moment when you like leave a social gathering or you leave work or something and you're just so mentally exhausted from dealing with people for so long and you get in your car and you just slump down you're just like (sighs) like you just deflate yourself and your fake personality that you put on yeah that doesn't happen now that I don't have a car people can just see me I do think that this is a nice thing in some ways though I mean not people having to see me like eat a full sandwich as I walk to my job. But I think that there are a lot of upsides to sort of all of these people being thrown together in these everyday scenarios that kind of like humble us. One moment I thought was kind of really cute. I was on the Metro and there was a little boy who was dressed up in all of this Nats gear and he was like kind of swinging around, you know, taking up a full two seats. He was kind of like getting up, getting down, like hopping up on the seat. And this kid looks like he's like six or seven. Also, I didn't see any parent with him through this whole encounter. So I I don't really know what was up with that. Maybe he was just like a very savvy (laughs) six-year-old, but he is kind of like hopping all over his couple of seats. The metro is pretty crowded. It was like right after work hours. And so there's a lot of people on there. The train opens up and a bunch more people get on, including an elderly woman. Now there are no free seats at this point. And this guy who had previously been like kind of leaning up against the wall of the metro, he was definitely exuding some real cool guy vibes. You know what I mean? He had his outfit like very meticulously matched. He had like the very cool oversized denim jacket on, like his hat pulled low and like, and so he like pushes off the wall of the metro and turns to his kid and he's like, hey man, do you want to move so that we can let this lady sit down? And the kid like looked at him 
and was like, yeah, okay. And this kid gets up and then this old lady sat down and the cool guy was like, here you go, ma'am. Like, let me help you to your seat. And I was like, oh, this was so touching. And it was such a cute moment to witness. Seeing these two people, this little kid and this guy interacting was so funny. There is no world other than public transit where these two people would ever have exchanged words. And I think there's something nice about that. I've also run into some places around DC that I'm like, this is so weird and random that I swear it can't exist anywhere other than this exact place. If you live in DC and you haven't been to the Carnegie Apple store, you have to go there. It is the craziest, wildest place I have ever been. And I swear Apple somehow created another dimension because that is what you enter when you go into that store. If you haven't been there, let me break it down for you. This used to be a former Carnegie family library that had like a lot of historic stuff. So it's like a big historic building, like very glamorous. It's got columns. The inside is all like a marble hall. And Apple, for some reason, bought this to turn into an Apple store. So you walk in and it looks like basically a kid's playground from the year 2800. There's a huge setup in the middle of the hall that's just like 40 cubes on the ground that people can sit on or hang out with on, I don't know. And a giant screen unveiled in front of there. And those are the only seats, just the cubes. And then everything else is just like long tables and products randomly arranged, like sticking out from the walls or like sticking up from the tables. And that's it. There's just like random spots of pop-ups with devices all over this giant marble hall. And there are also 30 foot ceilings in this thing. Like it's pretty majestic. All of the Apple employees are definitely interesting. I don't know when this became a part of their brand identity, but everyone in there is just wearing a dark turquoise shirt. Like that's the only way to identify them. They, they're not wearing anything that is branded with Apple. And all of the employees look bored as fuck. Like they all look so bored and nonchalant that I'm convinced that they, that's actually a part of the strategy and that they're asked to do that because they are so unfindable. It has to be on purpose. The only thing that sets these people apart is the color of their shirt. And that's not even, like, it's not a bold color or anything. So they're just, like, lounging against the walls or, like, fully texting on their phones in, like, a cool kid, like, casual one-shoulder lean and, like, looking away from you, not trying to see who needs their help. It took me several times visiting that store before I actually figured out who worked there and who didn't. Before that, I would just have to like march up to people and be like, "Hi, do you do you work here, or are you just hanging out here?" Because I can't tell, and it's so confusing. There's no cash register. There's no like order to the store or anything. Like I have literally walked up to an employee and been like, "I'm sorry, how do I pay in this godforsaken place? Like, can you let me fucking pay you so I can leave?" I would just love to know what the thought process behind this was. I think it's Hotel California vibes where they're like, "Okay, everyone, team meeting." I want you to go out there and be the least amount of helpful you possibly can be. Don't help anybody. Do not look and show people around the products. Don't say anything about them. Don't let them pay. Don't point to where you're supposed to go, where the entrances and exits are. We will have no labels on anything, just random products on random tables and cubes for sitting. And hopefully the people that come into the store to just buy themselves a replacement charger will get so lost and confused that they will have to stay all day and end up buying way more than they wanted to. Or we'll just recruit them to work here. Maybe that's where the employees come from. Like, if you you get lost for so long, they just throw you in a teal t-shirt. They're like, all right, you know what to do. You're here forever. Oh my god. 
Did I just crack the code? You've reached the voicemail of Camellia. Please hang up and dial again. for listening to this episode of Pick Up the Phone. Our show would not be possible without the support of our amazing team. Our executive producer is Camelia Pastor. Our audio editor is Camelia Pastor. Our graphic designer is Camelia Pastor. Our marketing team, Camelia and Pastor. Sales and analytics, Camelia Pastor. And of course, this season's intern is Camelia Pastor.